Hello and welcome to another midweek WTF1 podcast. I'm Katie Fairman and joining me for this episode is WTF1 founder Tom Bellingham, who, like me, is mentally preparing himself for these final two races. Tommy, how are you? I'm not ready for the season to end, to be honest. it's It's been a very long season, but I'm also kind of, I can't believe this is it. In just over a week's time, we will know who is the champion and that makes you very anxious and very like excited and oh, can't believe it. I know we're not used to having like these emotions at the end of an F1 season because normally Lewis Hamilton has run away with the title by now and it's kind Wrapped of just... up in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just can't quite prepare myself for the excitement that's to follow. Um, but to, to change the tune slightly, um, something that was, you know, of uh, a sad a sad piece of news that broke over the weekend uh, was the passing of the legendary Sir Frank Williams. Um, now, everybody listening will know about the Williams F1 team, so it's terribly upsetting to hear about Frank's death at the weekend, aged 79. Uh, now, of course, he's the founder of Williams, and he was a former team principal. Um, and during his time at Williams, the team won an outstanding nine constructors championships and seven drivers titles. And it's so dominant. Um, but Tommy, you're somebody who's been watching F1 a little bit longer than me. And I know that you've got some fond memories of Williams in Formula One. So do you want to talk us through some of your your memories of Frank and the team? Yeah. So when I started watching Formula One, the very first year I watched, Williams were essentially what Mercedes have been the last few years. You know, they were, I started watching in 1996 and the car was pretty much minus some moments of brilliance from Michael Schumacher and a Ferrari, untouchable. Um, They were the dominant team, which is crazy to think now for a lot of new fans that are maybe used to Williams being uh, sadly a back of the grid uh, a team, but you know, they were this dominant force and um, yeah, Frank Williams is no doubt, uh, you know, a legend, uh, a very much a legend. You know, it's not a, it, the word gets thrown around a lot, but, you know, definitely a legendary figure of Formula One, one that will always be remembered. Um, I I can urge everyone to uh, watch the Williams documentary or read the the book, which I think you were reading the book, were you? Uh, did I, I see was. that on your Instagram? Um I'm not a reader like you, so I I um I watched the pictures on uh it was on Netflix at one point and it's such an amazing documentary and I would uh fully recommend everyone watching it because you get to know about it's more focused around the family and Frank himself. Um and it's such an interesting story. Um how that he is, you know, he was just this amazing uh and you know, just passionate guy that loved Formula One and just loved yeah he just loved formula one and you can tell that from like everything he did so uh yeah very very sad news yeah no the williams family were obviously a huge part of of formula one they took a step back from from the championship last year um obviously being taken over by uh, the u.s for firm dorian dorian capital yes yes uh, capital is actually just recently announced that he's got COVID and going to be missing the race. That's very In sad. Unrelated Wish. news. So yeah. get, get well soon to him. Yeah. Wish him well. Um, but 
Claire Williams is obviously somebody that's Frank Williams' daughter. She came on um, as a sort of deputy team principal figure um, and helped look after that team. So there's someone who, or a family who have definitely had a big influence in, in Formula One. Um, for me, my earliest memory of Williams, uh, for those of you that are listening, might know that I uh, was a Nico Rosberg fan. And obviously he got his debut with them in 2006, which goes back to some of my earliest memories. And I'm quite glad that he was able to see the steps and development that the team had been making these past few months. Obviously in Hungary, the team got a double points finish um, and then Russell and his phenomenal job to get that uh, Williams uh, P2 in sparring, qualifying, and then would actually end up on the podium in all the mess that happened there. So um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw quite a lot of tributes to to Frank Williams uh, on several cars and, you know, maybe driver's helmets and stuff like that over the weekend. Um, but yeah, thinking of the uh, Williams team and friends and family of the Williams family uh, in, in these times. Um, but as we mentioned, there is a race coming up this weekend, which we're all getting prepped and ready for, and that is Saudi Arabia. Uh, so we're going to be racing in Jeddah this weekend, which... Is the first time we've been to this track. As I've said before, to me, it looks like some sort of butter knife or a hair grip <laughs> or something like that. Lots of people have got different opinions on what it might look like. But Tommy, what are your first thoughts of the track itself? Yeah, it's the first time anyone's been on the track um, because yeah, it true. has literally only just recently been finished. Um, obviously, a very tight uh, time frame that they managed to just about get it done in time it looks it looks done now so that's um <laughs> good news because it definitely would have been a, a an odd one if we'd have uh had to miss it for for whatever reason and the, the it, you know it takes off the the championship but it's a it's a crazy track i'm sure a lot of people have played it in the formula one game um i had to look at some uh videos of people playing it on the formula one game i've not driven it myself but it looks absolutely crazy obviously extremely high speed average speed uh as you've kindly written in the sheet because uh, i definitely wouldn't know off the top of my head uh 252 kilometers an hour 156 miles an hour which is That's crazy outrageous fast. yeah um there's not many braking zones not many slow corners at all and from every sort of video i've seen uh it looks like absolute carnage so bearing in mind that we have f2 uh, which normally resembles an F1 public lobby as it is. Um, <laughs> we could see a lot of chaos in that in particular. It's going to be madness. I know that quite a lot of fans, especially that I've seen on social media this week, have have voiced their concerns from a safety aspect because, you know, with these very fast circuits somewhere like, well, they've said that it's near speeds of Silverstone and Monza, for example, and they're tracks that aren't street circuits. They're more of a traditional track. There's more runoff and uh, more amount of space for barriers and stuff like that. But, you know, don't don't um, discourage what the FIA have done. Obviously, I know that there's been lots of talk about how quickly this has been wrapped up, have the final been, checks been able to make, be made. Um, I know in the sporting regs, it says that Permanent circuits that host Formula One races need to be checked 90 days in advance and sort of be complete by then. But perhaps there's maybe some loopholes here with this being a street circuit. I'm not too sure. Um, but, 
you know, the FIA aren't going to have F2 and F1 racing on a track that is unsafe. Um, there is some, I guess you could, it's not necessarily new technology, but things like safer barriers, which is uh, a common sight in things like IndyCar, um, they're going to be used rather than, I guess, for us F1 fans, we're normally used to seeing tyre barriers and, and things like that. So some different kind of safety uh, structures going into place to make sure that this track is um, suitable for these yeah. high speeds that these cars are going to be doing. Um, but I get that it's still, you know, a little bit nervy knowing how fast these cars are going to be going around such a, a tight and twisty track like this. Cause there's 27 corners for goodness sake. That's the most of any track on the F1 calendar. Yeah. Maybe I, I saw it and maybe I'm just looking at it with different eyes because for me, it doesn't look too dissimilar to maybe, obviously it's not been on the calendar for a very long time, but Valencia street circuit rings a bell where no, it was nowhere near as fast as this, obviously, but you did have, you know, a long straight with no runoff concrete walls either side, because it was a street circuit. So we have seen it before. Um, and that was all, all fine. Obviously you had the the Mark Webber backflip, but that wasn't anything to do with the circuit as, no. really. Um, it's, yeah, it's one of those those tracks that I guess it does look very different, but it does seem like this is the way Formula One's going. Obviously, Abu Dhabi, uh, which I'm sure we're going to on a later uh, podcast down the line when we when we preview that race, they've changed a lot of the corners. Miami looks quick. It seems like I grew up watching Formula One not long after the death of Ayrton Senna and every single track was just basically adding lots of chicanes all the time to slow the cars down. And now it seems the opposite where they've realized that chicanes make the racing absolutely awful and terrible and the cars have got a lot safer. So they're now just, <laughs> that's Frank itching his head, um, <laughs> uh, is absolutely terrible that, yeah, they're um, they're sort of getting rid of the chicanes now. Chicanes seem to be almost a, a thing of the past and a lot of these new circuits and changes to circuits have been, get rid of chicanes and just make the cars go as fast as possible um, because that's how it's easier to follow without needing, you know, slow corners. Exactly. And this circuit was also, um, it's a Tilka design. And uh, for those of you that aren't aware, um, Herman Tilka has designed like probably now the majority of the circuits on the F1 calendar. Um, he's His company are, are very well in with Formula One. So I very much doubt, it's not like they've got some fan or somebody who doesn't know anything about F1 to design the circuit on the back of a napkin or something like that. Like this has been Just well drawn around out. their knife on <laughs> yeah, the back exactly. of a napkin really badly. I actually think it's a really good looking track personally. I think I, I'm, I'm actually quite excited for it. I, I hope this is the way that Formula One are going, where they do just say, well, too many things in the past have been Tilka just doing mm. tracks that all look the same. Right angle here. Where and, yeah. first corner, hairpin, straight, hairpin, straight, twisty middle sector, then slow, really slow final sector. And that like mm. every single circuit has been the same. Like everything has to be like 23 corners. Um, it, I'm glad that, you know, they've tried something a bit different and, uh, we all know what I think of like Monaco and Monza and stuff. I like variety on the calendar. I want to see different races and different racetracks will create different results. So why not have an absolutely 
uh, you know, crazy high speed circuit that's a little bit different and a track layout that, yes, it looks very weird on paper, but why not have something a little bit different? Because as far as I'm concerned, a lot of the modern day tilt tracks all look way too similar and have not really produced particularly great racing. So why not try something different? Change it up, exactly. Um, well, going into Saudi Arabia this weekend, as crazy as it might seem, Max can technically wrap up the championship. Now, I'm not getting ahead of myself here. I'm not saying it's going to happen because, well, from it's our last It's very, podcast, very, very unlikely. Yeah. yeah, there's like a very specific set of circumstances which we can run through now. Um, but, yeah, we... We go into this weekend with Max possibly with the potential to win it. I would like it to go down to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, um, I think everyone would. Yeah, so we'll see if that happens. Um, but let's go through these scenarios uh, of how Max can win a championship this season. And then we'll go on to something which um, I'm very excited to share with you, which I won't go into too much more detail, but Tommy knows what's to come. So basically stay tuned. So scenario one. Max wins the race plus fastest lap. So adding the full 26 points to his tally would see Max take home his first world championship in Jeddah. But only if Lewis Lewis finishes sixth or lower, which we haven't even (laughs) talked about it yet. No, Lewis is meant to be getting this super duper spicy, as Toto will call it, um, engine that he used in Brazil. And we all know what happened in Brazil. Just absolute domination. So... It's seeming like this is probably going to be a track that Lewis will have the uh, the better setup for. But hey, yeah, if this season has proved anything, it's that it's unpredictable. Exactly. But also, it's unpredictable. But looking at the results, uh, it's only Turkey and Monaco the only races where Hamilton hasn't finished on the podium when he's actually finished the race. Um, Equally the same for Max. So personally, I can't see it. The reason I can't see it happening, not that I don't think Max has any chance of winning the race. I think Lewis would probably win the race, but Max obviously still does have a chance. It's the fact that Hamilton has to finish so far low. You know, even if Max wins and gets fastest lap, for Hamilton to finish sixth, you've got to think what scenario is that? ever going to happen you're almost thinking like it's got to be a dnf because he's not Mm. if he's actually finishing he's not finishing lower than sixth because you know even hungary when he turned up on the grid uh on his own and had to go right to the back he still ended up finishing third uh well second technically um and equally you know the same uh with brazil you know dropped right back to the pack and still end up winning the race. So it would take some minor miracle for Hamilton to finish uh, sixth or lower on the pace. What about the fact, um, though, that I'm not saying this would happen, but if Hamilton, for example, has a shocker in qualifying and ends up qualifying, I don't know, top 10 or something like 10th or 9th or something like that, this track... Oh, Frank didn't like that. No. <laughs> this track... As we've seen, it seems pretty like tight, twisty, narrow. It's a street circuit, then notoriously bad for overtaking. Do you think that Hamilton is going to risk a lot around this circuit that's, you know, can prove it can, it looks to be pretty 
um, dicey in terms of getting overtakes and stuff in. Do you think that he's going to be able to overtake on a circuit like this? Or is that something that we'll discover over the weekend as it goes on? Uh, I mean, with that engine, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if it's anything, if he's got the Brazil engine in, absolutely, he'll just breeze past them on the straight like he did in Brazil. Um, no, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it, you know, if he does have a shocker in qualifying and Max gets pole and Hamilton is 12th, it's not a case of does he be cautious? He has to overtake because otherwise he's going to lose the championship. So, yeah, that would be a situation where, yeah, he would have to go for daring moves, but. I say daring moves if it's anything like Brazil. Yeah. Um, the the midfield is so far off for Stappen and Hamilton that no matter where they start, they can they can so easily carve their way through the field that um as far as I'm concerned, it is it, and and has been the way all season that they they're on the podium or they don't finish, and there's no other real scenario between them. So um that's the only way I see it going anyway. Yeah, no, that's a very, very um, valid point. So, yeah, with most of these, it's going to be a case of Hamilton needs to finish lower, as you would expect. So yeah. scenario two, Max wins, gets the 25 points, but Lewis would need to be seventh or lower, which, once again, as we said, seems quite unlikely. Uh, scenario three, Max finishes second plus fastest lap, but then... Once again, Lewis would need to finish 10th or lower. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I see the last one is probably the key one that, yeah, if Hamilton doesn't score, Verstappen just needs second. Yeah. Because um, like I said, it's not, you would very much think Hamilton's winning the race, finishing second or very unlikely, but not finishing for whatever reason. He's going to finish first, second or more unlikely DNF. So yeah, if he does DNF, then Max only needs second to win the title, which you think, again, with his situation, is not absolutely out of the question because, yeah, if Hamilton does DNF, you'd very much bank Verstappen to uh, either win the race or at least finish second because, you know, even if Bottas is winning, Max just has to bring it home in second and he's champion, which is crazy to think that, um, yeah, it could happen the next race. And you never know because this season has been absolutely bonkers. But I think everyone would secretly hopes, um, other than probably Max Verstappen <laughs> uh, fans, that it's going down to the the last race because it's been so long since we've, well, it's been so long since we've had a t- proper title finale. We really need it, and uh, it'd be amazing if those two go into the last race, very close on points, and it's just a winner. Winner takes all scenario and they're close. That's the the dream for me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just I'm so like nervous <laughs> for I, these I final feel two like, races. Yeah, I'm I, I'm kind of at this moment, I'm kind of like, oh Verstappen, yeah, he's not gonna be champion. Um I think when the race starts and you're constantly reminded of, you know, then I think, yeah, it, it, the nerves are going to kick in a lot more for a lot of people. And it's like, oh my word. Yeah, this is, this is it now. This is the real this deal. Is, this is the, the finale. So long, it's been, it seems like it's been going on so long and you've been waiting for ages to find out, is it going to be Max or Lewis? And like I say, I can't believe just over a week we're going to know. Unless 
they take each other out and the FA spend four Don't weeks say deciding. these things. <laughs> Christmas Day, like unwrapping yeah. the Christmas presents, get a call from Tommy. Hi, Katie. Uh, so they've both been disqualified from the championship and Valtteri Bottas is uh, now the driver's champion. I'd be like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas to me. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be great. It's weird looking back, actually, because obviously we've done so many regular podcasts this year and we did a podcast after testing where Mercedes looked to, to be a little bit vulnerable, to be honest. And we were saying, you know, could this be the year that Red Bull are going to take it to Mercedes? And it is. <laughs> and then Hamilton won the first race and we're like, no. No, but, but then Max it, did but get then, pole. Yeah, yeah, but then it did change again. And then he thought, ah, yeah, wow, no, okay, actually. And then what, Max was 40-odd points ahead after... Uh, Styria or Austria, whichever one it was, uh, before the obviously the double, well, pretty much a double DNF with Silverstone and Hungary. So um, then it flipped back, and then it has just been so close ever since, where it seems impossible that Verstappen and Hamilton just finish first or second in either order, and it just keeps flipping and changing constantly. So good. Amazing. It really has been a special season. And I know I mention it all the time, but um, having gone through all the races again for the WTF1 annual that I'm currently writing. That you it, have to buy. That you have to buy. Yeah. If you listen, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, I'm afraid you're contractually obliged to go onto the website and buy a WTF1 annual. Otherwise, I will hunt you down and come and find you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the most polite way of like polite threatening. Yeah. <laughs> So casually, I oh, will hunt you down. And, uh, <laughs> like the whole Liam Neeson. I've got a select a set of skills or whatever <laughs> that he says and taken. Um, but yeah, going through, I'm like, my goodness, this season really was just phenomenal. Just so many, even like little sprinklings of things that you forget about. Like I was watching back uh, Turkey when Sebastian Vettel was like, do you know what I'm going to do when it's really damp? I'm going to switch for a set of slicks. And I was like, <laughs> just silly things like that. I'm like, I completely even forgot that happened and things like that. But anyway, um, only two more race reports to do. And then the cutoff of the annual will be done. So make sure you get yours now before it's too late. Um, well, let's move on to what I think I can definitely say has been the highlight of my week. Uh, and that is an email that we received at WTF1 from, a, I guess they're a duo called Rob and Chris, which I mean, first of all, I just love the name of this group. It's just so simple. So just, casual. Yeah. Just, just what should we Chris. call ourselves? Well, I'm Rob. and you're, Imagine if they're not called Rob and Chris and they just picked that name. There's a mind blown wow. theory That's... for you. <laughs> but Rob and Chris have decided to write a song. Okay. To kind of rival Supermax, and going to put it out there, I think it's better than Supermax. And is it called the? Are they called the Pit Stop Boys? The guys that wrote that. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. bold, bold claim. It is, and I could well offend all of the Netherlands by saying that, but we're going to play this song. It's called. Can Max we just say? Seven. Can we just say that we were actually emailed by Universal Music? There. Like of all people yeah, that are yeah. actually asked if like we wanted this for the podcast, uh, which is crazy. But let me uh, let me load it up. Okay, I'll play a bit. Um, we have been told we're allowed to play it, so hopefully, if if this podcast is like, well, it doesn't exist, you won't know. Stop but here it. we go. No one can stop him. Just stop it. 
You're saying that's better than you're saying that's better than Supermax. hundred percent. I would argue that I think it's a better song, but I think Supermax is more iconic. That's true, but this is still better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I. I it's a, it's a tune. Produ- the production value, if that's a thing, is just every time I listen. Like I listened to it when you said turning me in, it was in my head for so long. Just the 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 little melody. We're stopping. <laughs> no one can stop him. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to age well when uh, Hamilton wins the title, but we'll... Uh, yeah. We shall I've, see. I if think he, if said, he, Max does win, then that, there's the anthem. If Al- Max although. wins, I will set that as my ringtone for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll also write a rap, and I'll perform a rap in that song on the final podcast of the year if Max Verstappen wins the championship. Wow. That's so, cold. yeah, there we go. With everyone, even Lewis fans want Max to win now, just to hear that. <laughs> just to hear my rap. <laughs> I'm already trying to learn that whole rap of Will Smith Miami before the Miami Grand Prix next year. That's like one of my... What, for your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> just, Katie, final thoughts. Katie's bucket <laughs> list. Everyone else is on. like, uh, everyone else is like, see the Northern Lights, uh, do this. And you like, swim <laughs> with dolphins. And Katie says, learn the whole rap in Miami <laughs> by Will Smith. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'm gonna when uh, when we have the Miami Grand Prix next year, and Matt asks for final thoughts. I'm just gonna sing the whole rap of Miami. I was just about to go in West Philadelphia. That's the wrong one. <laughs> That's the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've got to change the subject before I start singing Miami by Will Smith or the Max Verstappen song. Um, but yes, if we can find out how you guys can download it and listen to it in your own personal time then uh, we will share links to it. We'll in share the... links on social and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think you should do an edit of, there's so, I don't know how there are so many videos of drivers dancing, but obviously there's one of Leclerc like in his room, the one of Fernando Alonso that you always share for race <laughs> week. I think you should do an edit of all the drivers dancing to that Verstappen song. Nice. Put it on social. Okay. We'll do. Okay. Sorry to give you more work. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Right. Um, Tommy, I will not ask you for any final thoughts because I'm not a monster. Oh, you can actually. Oh, Tommy, any final thoughts? I do actually have one this time. (laughs) I was going to say that um, we kind of said it on our socials already, but obviously if you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, the Spotify Wrapped has obviously come out and a lot of people have been sharing the fact that our podcast is uh, either number one or in their top five podcasts. So thank you very much for that. And uh, it's definitely crazy to us when it gets to the end of the year and you see people sharing stuff on social media that they've listened to. I think one of them I saw was about 24,000 minutes of the WTF1 podcast. And I thought, Jeez. oh my word, we have been talking a lot this year. <laughs> um, but 
some people enjoy it so that's good yeah and no, I thank you so much to everyone that has been tagging us in those because sometimes when you sit down and you record a podcast with, on zoom you forget that quite a lot of people do listen to us ramble on and listen to my FIA rants or about um your Will Smith rap and my Verstappen rap <laughs> that's going to be my thing next year I think I'm going to have to maybe calm down a bit on the FIA rants but maybe instead I'll do a rap at the end <laughs> of every podcast I'll do a, a rap or a limerick or whatever they're called maybe that'll be my 2020 thing because I feel like the FIA rants are getting a bit much now there's only so many times I can rant before Michael Massey's going to come after me so I've got to be careful <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no thank you like Tommy said for for tagging us in all of those it's amazing to see how many there are um and yeah hopefully you have enjoyed this episode this audio only episode and uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already on your audio podcast platform of choice um and if you're listening to us on apple podcast please give us a lovely review and we will love you forever and uh, i think that's pretty much it i think you and matt are back for another podcast tomorrow uh, yes after fp2 so we'll have our first thoughts about the track mm. and if after i've bigged it up and how exciting it looks if it's absolutely terrible my uh, my prediction that i think gonna happen um i can see it being one of those tracks where everyone thinks it's going to be absolutely bonkers but it's going to end up like the first baku race where there's probably like six or seven red flags in f2 and the f1 race is hyped so much and then there's not a single safety car in the f1 race or something and it's just really casual that's my prediction yeah i think i think you could be right because every single race that everybody's massively hyped up this year has not been boring but um yeah there's been so much hype going into it and then it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah it's the sochis and paul rickards that have surprised rather than the races where I think like I think was Tur- the, Turkey was one that was like really yeah hyped really hyped and, and wasn't great. Qatar was decent. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an amazing race, but because you had that Gasly on the front row and Alonso mm-hmm. trying to get you th- think you might get first and stuff. But anyway, that's yeah. for a season review. It <laughs> is. We'll, we'll be quiet. Okay, right. Thank you again for listening, and uh, we will speak to you all in another podcast very soon. Bye. For stopping, he no. makes it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's such a bop. That's going. Uh, that is going to be the end of the podcast. By the way, you singing that? Oh no. <laughs>